Hello and welcome to Goldbridge Saves Football Podcast, Episode 3, Will. We're excited, but angry. Yeah, well, I mean, you've got a lot to talk about. When don't you? But there's been a lot going on. Uh, Birmingham City got a win, Manchester United lost, so probably a perfect weekend in terms of the podcast. Yeah, really relevant news there about Birmingham City. Get them in and early. Yeah, we're not here to talk about that. But look, thanks for all the support as usual. Uh, loads of people downloading it and giving their reviews, which is fantastic. But uh, we'll go through the usual sections, the either or. We've got the, the hangman. We're going to be taking your irritants this week. But I'm going to start off with my biggest irritant of the week. And that is, surprise, surprise, it's not Silla Black. It is the refereeing in the Premier League this weekend a continuation of total and utter incompetence and inconsistency from the Premier League Refereeing Association. I'm disgusted, Will. Yeah, you sound uh, you sound, sound very bitter and angry. And it's not just you, Mark. Obviously, we'd like you to get involved at home as well. And the community tab, Foxalina says, game week two. And it's already obvious. The standing of referee in this season will be as frustrating as last season. And Jake Julian says the same. It's obvious. The state of refereeing is playing football. Now, you know it's getting bad when it becomes a plague. It's a plague. Favourite plague? Uh, the ones with the locusts. Yeah. I think they were bi- in the Bible. Okay. Fair we go. Could be true, could not be true. Yeah, probably not. Bit like um, snakes on a plane. Yeah. Which could be disguised as a plague. Yeah, there you go. There. Or, yeah, anyway, let's move on because I'm not going to have my anger tempered by crap films. Look, this to me is logically a very good place to start for a Goldbridge Saves Football podcast. How do you save football from itself? Um, effectively, you've got a, an absolute torrent of terrible refereeing decisions. We saw the McAllister red card. Oh, oh. Stinks. We saw the handball that never was in the Man United Spurs game from Romero. Yeah, uh, to be fair, as much as I do like to see the misery on your face on the watch-alongs, I did think that was a penalty. And, and also the farcical, the farcical sending off of Tommy Asu in the Monday night game between Arsenal and Crystal Palace. I mean, the, the guy literally, was it Havertz that had the ball for 15 seconds? Yeah. Tommy Asu comes on, unassuming, picks up the ball, then he's being booked. And then barely touched the guy for uh, for the second yellow. And he's got his marching orders. Exactly. You know, he really is unlucky. But look, my, my big issue with this is, and as we look to solve this, is because what's the plan? When you're building a Lego set, Will, you get your bits of Lego out, you get a booklet. You yeah. look at that booklet. We all go to the back page and say that's what it's going to look like at the end. Not me. Manchester United have been robbed. Arsenal have been robbed. Liverpool have been robbed. It's coming to a club near you soon because these people are so inconsistent. They'll be targeting you soon with that inconsistency and incompetence. And I just, I wonder what they're building, you know. But the inconsistency is almost becoming consistently because you should have had a penalty against you last weekend. And then this weekend, you don't get a penalty. Zero correlation. No, but... That's like going to the pub and ordering a pint one week and then the next week having a Coca-Cola. There's no correlation. It's a drink, but it's not the same thing. Yeah, but that's what I mean. But maybe that's the plan. Maybe their plan, the statement from the PGMLO is... Is that the right word? It sounds like a dance band. But maybe that is that we're going to be inconsistently consistent going forward. That They're out of control and they're dangerous. I look at it like this. What are the directives of the referees from the first two weeks answers on a postcard or more relevant answers in our community tab but realistically let's just say this to me it looks like they want to give more yellow cards which means more red cards and they want to add more time this to me is like 
Quentin Tarantino organising a film. Yeah. He's got a brilliant cast. He's got Samuel L. Jackson. He's got that guy he always adds in it, Michael Madsen, whatever his name is. He's got Brad Pitt. He's got DiCaprio. And the film's going to be three hours long. And then just before they start the shoot, he says, I'm going to make it five hours long. And Brad Pitt and DiCaprio, you can do one. And that's what we're doing with the Premier League. We're making it longer, but we're making it far more likely that those players will not be involved for the whole game. More yellow cards means more red cards. We means more time, and they want more time added on as well. It makes no sense. If I'm cooking a cooked breakfast, Will, and you want sa- sausages and hash brown and all that, and I go and decide to cook it for longer so it gets burnt, and then I take your beans off and your hash browns off, you're not going to be as satisfied as a perfectly timed cooked breakfast with all the components. Yeah, um, just on that as well, do you like to use the sausage as a barrier to keep your beans away from sort of maybe the scrambled eggs? It's very partridge-esque, that. Oh, do, um, well, I think it's a, it's a, it's a big device. If, that's a big divider in there. I'm not that bothered. As long as it's got all the components parts in it. And, 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 and that's what I'm talking about here. It, 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 it's, it's, it's change for change's sake. My bottom line would be, as, a, as Howard Webb, would be that I want to create the greatest entertainment yeah. league in the world. Do not fix something that's not broken. Or, more importantly, fix something that's broken, which was VAR from last year, instead of adding in stupid yellow cards. I mean, if you look at Tommy Asu, he gets the first yellow card for time-wasting in the 60th minute. Arsenal are not a time-wasting team. No. Have you told these players that you're going to get booked if you take longer than five seconds to take a throw-in? I don't know. Yeah, but it's, it's like a kid with a new toy, though, isn't it? Because that's the directive for the season. So that's all they're thinking about. And then it's like that's so high on their agenda that other thing gets away. So at the moment, it's time wasting, adding time on and booking people for that. But then the handball law, or I don't know what the law is anymore, but that just seems to be a different standard of refereeing every single week. 100%. And, uh, and I almost sympathise with the referee on the pitch because they are human and they can get something wrong. But... You know, if if you if you're watching me on CCTV, if you don't get excited, um, how do you know I'm not? And you know, I'm in Tesco's and I'm on I'm on aisle four, and I'm looking for the beans. Yeah. And you're over watching it all, and you know I'm on row. You know the beans are on row eight. You'll go, Goldbridge, get to row eight. That's where the beans are. You're messing around on four. You're wrong. You're completely wrong. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. VAR. I mean, you go you go to the game on Saturday evening. Um, between uh, Man United and Spurs, uh, Michael Oliver, his mum does his hair, his mum does his hair. Um, he's like, that's not a handball, even though the whole world sees it is. Where's the guy in his ear going, Michael, love your hair. You might, you might want to check VAR because it really looks like a handball. Yeah, but then that feels like a new directive as well where they're like, right, it has to be clear and obvious. And when we say clear and obvious, I mean clear and obvious. And then that seems to set a new precedent where they don't even bother looking at anything now well the, this is this was the problem last year and it's a great point they have this thing with penalties if they if, if they get it wrong and it's not a penalty but he's not far off yeah let him have the penalty it's it's protecting referees decisions instead of actually protecting the integrity of the game and when i look at this if i'm looking to make football good if i'm saving football which is what this podcast's all about then i need to know something about football And when I think about that Arsenal game, and this is an interesting stat, we've had six red cards already in the Premier League after week two. Last season, there was only about 30 in the whole season. I thought you meant after two weeks. Yeah, it was only 30. (laughs) It was a a bloodbath. (laughs) It was barbaric. 
But but that's ridiculous. We're on course for touching 100 red cards, which would be a three-time increase on what we had last season. And I don't remember... I remember last season being seeing some dodgy red cards. Casemiro got two. So what... what what uh, this is my point and I, and I think what was the point what what, what uh, why did somebody sit down and go oh premier league was brilliant last year really entertaining fulham brentford brighton really did really well don't have the squads of man city and chelsea how do we make that season replicate itself i know howard let's send more people off that way teams like brentford and fulham that have weak squads will have more suspensions and Man City and Chelsea have got big squads, will be able to deal with it and move further away. Yeah, but uh, yeah, but you look at the McAllister one, it's like, what? That no way in hell is that a red card. Exactly. Like, we've, I've played the game. I've uh, played the game. And there's no way, uh, they didn't even, I don't need, did they review that? I don't even know if you went over to the board. But like, th- th- if you look at that, and I just really think it ties back to that we need to get ex-players involved. And I know that you, that's a... That's a controversial Because take. If, if I came up to you now and I went, Mark... Get me involved. Mark, I'll, I want to go and be a referee. You take me in the meeting room opposite, you sit me down and you look me in the eyes and you go, is everything okay? Because there's a calibre of people that get into refereeing that are either doing it for the attention or... Got bullied at school? Probably, yeah. And it, it's just that we have we attract the wrong all people. All the mums there. All the mums there. That we attract the wrong people to refereeing. Well, look, I think I could do the job. I'd back myself to score a goal for England but the reality is you are deluded I am deluded and also I think that it just needs common sense football fans I think know more than Jamie Carragher Gabby Abdonglahor no, you know, I, like, I like Jamie Carragher well we'll get on to him in a bit okay. but the reality is I, I think football fans are very intelligent um, in relation to football and what's good you take away the bitterness and the rivalry and I saw a lot of that this weekend ha ha that's definitely not a handball for United and then they calm down and go that might happen to us next week it is I don't like Liverpool. That's not a red card for McAllister. Don't really like Arsenal. That's not a red card for Tommy Asu. I like football fans who we've got to be. We've got to be rivalry. We've got to be passionate, but also we've also got to say we're together. We've got to say football. We've got to say football. And what I've liked about this is that Arsenal, Liverpool, Man United fans rivals, but we're also going. We're on the same team. The referees are ruining the game of football, and I'm going to look at that Arsenal thing. I'm going to put. I'm going to make bygones be bygones and say no that's not a red card but it's, it's just like a cycle we can't break because they've got the head in the cloud so much you see howard webb going on different podcasts to ours like uh, the rest is football he wouldn't dare come on he, he, was, he was on there and he'd be terrified he'd be going oh goldbridge take it easy on me and will he looks like a right thug no howard, howard webb can absolutely nut me um and then you see dermot gallagher going on sky sports news backing up the decisions from the weekend at the and end of the day it's... at the end of the day it's not a handball he's seen his mother who might be dead, in the crowd, could be a ghost. And he's waved at it. And that's not, that's not deliberate. He might be trying to block the shot, but no one, no one should stop him from waving at his dead mother. But like, <laughs> very true. But, and then you get Peter Walton on BT, which whoever signed that off is one of the worst. He should be on made. the Waltons. Uh, what's the Waltons? Some old Pratt programme from <laughs> when I was a kid. And then you get Dermot Gallagher on Sky. It's like, these people aren't adding anything to the conversation. They're just pushing the narrative that's been directed from their bosses. Exactly. It, 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 it's, um, it's nepotism. It's a look, shit storm. Look it up. But it is a play. before we move on, because I will say football, the easy way to say football on this is to um, just have a very, very, very strong word with yourself. And that strong word is consistency. But that, uh, nothing is going to change. And that's why I keep pushing the ex-player angle, because something needs to change. Something needs to be different, because we're on a, we're on a highway what- to hell. 
from what Christmas tree are you going to pluck these ex-footballers that are going to make? Have you heard, have you listened to Talk Sport recently? I'm, I'm specifically talking about Gabby. Was it Bond. your show? <laughs> Not yeah, my show. My show is very good. But look, you know, I, 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 look, I, I agree. Common sense. People who know the game understand the game, need to be involved in that. I think these referees, I've seen them on Sunday morning. They do a great job, but you see 13-year-olds dressed up in a referee's kit. I'm worried. Yeah. I'm worried. They want to be referees at 13. Like, no, go and play the game. Play the game. Watch the game. Get out. Touch grass. And you could be like me. But look, I've got to say this, Will, before we move on, because people will be loving this conversation. I can imagine them there. Do you think they've got it on at the PG? Bathing themselves in radox, breathing in the air, going, life doesn't get better than this. Well, it is going to get better than this because I just feel that the, the mic drop moment on this is that we are adding loads of time onto games. Oh, look at how much time we're adding on. But you're giving yellow cards that will lead to red cards. And what these prats have not realised is, I guarantee if we've got Roy Hodgson on the show now, he, wouldn't, he won't be awake yet. It's 12 o'clock. He didn't get up till one. <laughs> if we get him on the show now, he would say, would I rather play against Arsenal for 10 men for half an hour? Or would I rather play against Arsenal 11 v 11? Arsenal just sit back. They sit back. They're a good defensive side. They keep a clean sheet. Palace can't break them down. Palace have got a better chance and we've got a better spectacle when it's 11 v 11. We've known this for years. Everybody knows a red card makes a game worse. This myth is for people who don't understand football who think, oh, they're down to 10 men. They're going to get beat 8 nil with total football. We need to keep 11 players on the pitch. Sometimes somebody needs to be sent off. They've headbutted somebody. They've swore at a child. They've got to go. But we should not be creating these red card scenarios. I mean, at the end of the day, you're making the game longer and you're increasing red cards. It's ridiculous. Football needs saving from these out-of-control dictator referees and the board and organisation that runs them. Wow. I think we've identified the problem. We've given a few solutions, but I think we need this is going to be ongoing and we need to your input for more solutions. How do we save football? I always like to bring a positive in, though. I don't mind booking a player like Tommy Asu on the throw-in if you give clarity. It feels to me... This is the greatest league in the world, but we're getting to see the outcuts and the rehearsals. I want to see the finished article. I don't want to be watching a game whilst they learn their lines. Tommy Asu yesterday clearly doesn't know the script. If you tell every player and you try it out in pre-season, if you take more than five seconds on a throw-in, you'll be booked. I'm all for that. But when the players are, are, are actually learning as they go along, I, I think that's poor. So I've, I've, I'm not against some of the tactics to stop time wasting. A five-second throw-in rule, great. Absolutely fantastic. Everyone will do a throw-in really quickly. You, well, and also, if you think the talent in the EFL where the referees come from is going to make the league any better, I'll give you a, a little spoiler. It's you're in, not. You're, you're, in, you're in for a chat. I'll tell you what. Those people are notable by their absence. Anybody who thinks these referees in the AFL are going to make this better, well, I tell you what, you're in for a slap in the face. You're in for a shock. It's like coming home and finding your wife in bed with one of those referees. They won't be satisfied, but you'll still be gutted. I couldn't put it better myself. Uh, should we move on? Yeah. I think that's a point. I enjoyed that one. Yeah, that was good. Get, get the heart rate going. Yeah, you, you look pumped up. I'm in a minute now. The blood's flowing. Uh, where to? Don't ask. Um, SWJ says, it doesn't seem like many teams actually try to I'm be... I'm not, Gary. Did you, did you see that at the weekend? No, go on. Topical. Lineker, got a podcast. He's full of himself. Well, he's full of himself in other areas now. Bruno Fernandes, Rabana, 
assist would have been brilliant. Oh, yeah, yeah. Put a tweet out saying, I got excited in certain areas. Even KSI said, has he been hacked? No, I haven't. I just I got excited in certain areas. That's fine. If he's a man of age and he can, he can still... There's children on Twitter. If he can still get it up, fair play to him. I'm not saying... No, we won't go there. But all I'm saying is it, it, it left a... It didn't leave a bad taste in my mouth because that sounds like it went somewhere it didn't. But no. I just thought it was a bit odd for a respectable guy who has been spent the last 30 years trying to recover from shitting himself on a pitch. <laughs> <laughs> Lineker doesn't need to do that. It's, you know, it's, it's like Pacino appearing in EastEnders. You don't need to do that, Gary. You're already respected. I, I would like to put on the some. record, I respect Gary Lineker, and if he wants to tweet about having a boner, more power to him. Yeah. There we go. Right, people that have tweeted us is SWJ, and he said it doesn't seem like many teams are actually trying hard to beat Manchester City. They just turn up and try to keep at only one or two goals conceded, and they hope they get a bit of luck on the counter-attack. Point in case, Newcastle at the weekend, you didn't think they did much to go and grab the game by the scruff of the neck. Absolutely, exactly. I think this is a great topic to save football with because we're basically going to frame it as are, is, and will anybody do anything to stop Manchester City. I look at Man City and we were talking about this off air and we're going to repeat it on air. So you won't be bored because you don't know what we said. Basically, Bernardo Silva, Kevin De Bruyne, John Stones and Gundogan, all for different reasons, not involved in that game against Newcastle. That's four players, four of their better players. And they comfortably beat Newcastle, you know, at the weekend. Every team I've looked at so far has a hole in it. You know, in fact, we might do that in a minute. How would I fill those holes yeah. for those teams? But you've got to do more. I watched Newcastle at St. James's Park. They blasted Villa into space. NASA was going, what are Villa doing in space? And I think that Newcastle, oh, I mean, it feels to me like Newcastle would come away from that game and go, we did all right. We only lost 1-0 to Superman City. And I'm like, if you aren't going to go to the Etihad or when they come to your ground and have a go against them... Mm. They're going to win 1-0, 6-0, 2-0, 3-1. permutations, but you still lose. You've got to have a go. Yeah. You're not going to if you if you play counter-attacking football against Pep Guardiola, you may as well let me, you may as well have the weekend off and say they're just going to play counter. These lads know what to do. I'm off to I'm off to Greece. Yeah, I mean, well, Pep famously said that all he was hoping for this season was to beat Tottenham because it feels like out of those top 6 sides that they're um, when was the last time United beat City? Last season. Oh, uh, well, there you go. January. Brentford did the double over Man City, I had a look. They did. I think Brentford and Palace have probably got the best double-double record over Manchester City. But the blueprint is whatever Thomas Frank's doing, just copy that and go forward. But it, yeah, I think Man City are a very, very good side. But And I predicted they'll win the league. And I, they, I think they'll technically have it, not technically, they'll have it won really by Christmas. Because if once they're 10 points clear, it's over. And I think they might be 10 points by, by Christmas. But... I was disappointed with Newcastle, but I'm not exclusively having a pop at Newcastle here. Man United will do it when they go to the Etihad. Arsenal will probably do it. Liverpool will probably do it. If you're going to go to the Etihad and sit back, you're basically saying, uh, if we're lucky, we might get a point. And you don't beat um, an oppressive dictator by sitting back and bending over. Well, I mean, just, just, I'm not, clip, I'm, 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 I'm just not, slip that. Yeah. I'm not saying Pep Guardiola... He's an evil dictator, but he's oppressive. He's he's impressive. Yeah. And so you got a, a parking ticket the other day, Manchester City centre. Ironic, because he he's just not that style of manager. No, no. Twenty five pounds it cost him. Um, but in how do we break this? How do we save football in this angle? Because 
It feels like we're all right in Manchester City as the champions. We had a chat about it in the first episode, Newcastle or Arsenal. I said Newcastle because while Pep's there, while they've got this money, I don't see it being broken. And it's a case of spending more money than that. But can we be a bit smarter? Could we have a Leicester City sort of style season where Brighton go on and just, they've, maybe they're out of European football next year and they've got this amazing team and they go on and win the title. Do you think we can ever see that again? I just think you've got to be braver. I mean, there was, I mean, there was one opportunity in the game where Callum Wilson, there's a mistake by Rodri, he gets the ball and he's actually in a 3v1. Mm. He's got two Newcastle players against one Man City defender and he just runs into the Man City defender and it's like they don't know what they're doing. And I think the way to beat Pep Guardiola, and it's not easy, no. is he spends a ridiculous amount of time analysing and obsessing about football. You can't go into a game against Man City against somebody that's put that amount of work in over a number of years and go, let's park the bus and hope for a clean sheet and a goal on the break. You've, you've, you've got to actually have a plan of action. You've got to have a philosophy that you want to try and win that game. And Man City will dominate this season. I'm, I'm convinced of it. And they'll probably do it next year. Until, until somebody, you know, Man City didn't dominate teams before Pep Guardiola came along. They were winning the odd title, but... He has created something that surely, when somebody innovates something, somebody else normally comes across along and goes, oh, I like the look of that. I think I can make it better. Yeah. I don't see anybody trying to... It's always him, isn't it? Look yeah, at the inverted the fullbacks. Yeah. Like, that's him now and everyone's doing that. There's Somebody should be looking at, I'm going to create something better than Pep. And that that takes work. And, and I don't think it's innovative or hardworking to go, let's park the bus. Well, I think it's going to come full circle. Just hit the big man, get around him. Just already talk of that. Get long balls in, get in around him. You can. You, the thing is, you, you know, even in that Newcastle game where I thought they were very submissive and they're not the only ones who will do it, they, they still could have got a point if they'd have been a little bit more on the front foot. Phil, 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 Phil Foden played very well. Yeah. But no, I think you've got to go on the front foot. I think you've got to, you've, you've got to try and win. So who out of the pretenders do we think can dethrone Pep? I mean, you said Arsenal will win the title before Newcastle. That's not necessarily saying that they're going to knock Pep off his perch, but who can do it? I think that what we need in the Premier League at the moment is also a ha almost a handicap on Man City to make it interesting in two areas. If you say Haaland can't win the Golden Boot unless he, he starts on minus 10, I think he'd still win it. Yeah. And I think if you took 10 points off Man City, they'd probably still win it. The, the weird thing is we're not doing that to Man City. It would be unfair. But I think every team that's trying to chase them is handicapped in one way or another in the sense that Man United need a midfielder, Liverpool need a midfielder, Chelsea need a striker, Arsenal need a striker. So, but Man City don't need anything. They've got, they've got a per, per, almost a perfect squad. So it's... I don't think, if, I don't, I don't even think, with City, though, you'd probably say they still need a midfielder for when... Because like, the big thing is when we get to September, the Champions League start. Manchester City have had those... It feels they always have a bad patch around at some point in the season and something happens where they then just go on to that destructive role of games where they just find the flow. Ilkay Gundogan normally scores about 35 goals and then they go and win on the league. So I, I, I still think we've got that. It's just where we need Arsenal or Liverpool to step up and really, and hopefully because of the way Arsenal have strengthened, they can be that team to really, really push again. Because look at Liverpool when they took on Man City. Was it the first season they lost by... They both lost one yeah, game yeah, and it was yeah. by three points. Next season, Liverpool learnt from that and did it. So hopefully, I mean, look at the way Arteta's identified the goalkeeper situation. Ray is coming in for a reason. You've mm. said it, I've said it. So hopefully, with all those points identified, Arsenal can really push on. Because from a neutral perspective, 
I want everything going down to the last day of the season. I did it. I did it. I did read somebody on social media last night. Pratt said uh, that that one nil win against Crystal Palace is down to Declan Rice, and that's the difference between this season and last season. And I, I sat there laughing to myself, which is a bit sad. And I thought <laughs> they've got six points from two games. Does this idiot realise they took forty three from forty eight last yeah. season? You know, Arsenal aren't far off. But I think the big the big problem is you can talk about how you play against Man City. I actually think in relation to balance of squads, teams haven't done enough. I looked at Arsenal last night. Jesus comes back. He ain't a hard, he ain't Harland. I thought in K he looked very good though. Mm, I, I I think he's hot. I think he's a hard working grafter. Yeah, he's a bit like my postman. But he he's not good enough. You know, he missed two big chances in the first half. It, it, they got away with it last night because he, he he led he got the he earned the penalty did well um, and that's the thing sorry to jump in but like Harland misses out we've got Alvarez now who seems mm. to be absolutely cooking and what a goal that was against Newcastle so I think Arsenal lack an out and out number nine that's you know Man City have got Harland you've got to try and find a Harland Chelsea have got to try and find a Harland Man United have got to try and find um, somebody who can play next to Casemiro. Um, Liverpool need to try and find a Rodri. Yeah, but you know, I still think you need a number nine because the, the whole... Rasmus. Yeah. Rasmus. Rasmus. Great, Rasmus. but uh, yeah, that's not going to... Uh, that's a long-term solution. Yeah, thanks. That's okay. I agree. But, but we were speaking as well because the, the top six is the top six, but there's so much chat around Brighton now and you brought up a good point about if they were to be given £500 million now, would that send them to the top of the league? Well, it sort of feeds into our either-or section because I was thinking um, who is the best run club in the Premier League and I know you think Brighton's a bit of an overrated one but I would say who's the best run club in the league Man City obviously or Brighton in relation to the the ceiling they headbutt against um, every year no I, I yeah no doubt about it Brighton in terms of where they're at but it's, it's a bit like that Spurs situation where Spurs are now is the fans have act- expectations for top four with the stadium and everything and Brighton are just just below that so if they kick on like European football again they'll want that next year so it's just hopefully they can kick on and hopefully they can keep expanding and doing what they're doing with all that recruitment but they're at this level now how do they get that to that next level and I don't think it is another 500 million pounds because well we were looking at the all the money they've been getting in and it's pretty much around there anyway isn't it so it's just increments each year just going slowly but surely building it up and hopefully getting to that point yeah I think Brighton are a fantastically run club and obviously they're they're a favorite of many they're, they're almost everybody's second team aren't they if you can have that sort of thing but if you gave Brighton 500 million pounds I think it goes against what yeah. that football club's success is it's almost defying the odds in a brilliant way it's an interesting point I mean if I if I had 500 million pounds Will and we had to give it to one club on the, um, not assumption, statement, if I give this Premier League club £500 million to spend, they'd win the league. Yeah. Who would you say would win the league with £500 million to spend right here, right now? I mean, they've only got 10 days to do it, but it's a lot of money. Um, I would probably trust Arsenal at this point. Mm. I think, well, I see that's, a, that's an obvious one. I, I, with, with Brighton, I just don't think you'd be, it'd be like the old football man added. You just wouldn't be able to attract the players. They'd be turning you down because the, the club profile's not big enough. Well, they were going to get that Kudus, wasn't they? And, and now he's looking at West Ham. And I'm like, on a, on a footballing level, 
Brighton's the place to go to, but obviously... And even with Liverpool, their transfer business has been so spot on up until probably last season. And then even with the Nunes thing, I just always thought like the, the problem was so clear. It was the midfield area and they had a chance probably to go out and get Jude Bellingham last summer and they didn't do it. And now they've not got Bellingham, Caicedo or Lavia and they're in a bit of a mess. I think if I was giving £500 million to any club in the Premier League and I said, look, you've got to win the league, otherwise the mafia is going to want their money back. Right. And and the interest rates are mafia money. Yeah. Oh, I'm a basically, bit nervous now. Basically, that £500 million in a day, they'll want a billion back. Wow. So, we, you know, we've got... All, but if you win the league, they go, it's fine, keep the £500 million. A limb a day, they'll take off. Exactly. So this £500 million we've got to give to someone, Will, if they don't win the league, we're sleeping with the Fishers. Right. So, and that's... Watch the I'll give it to Man City then. No, no, you've got to beat Man City. Oh, I'll give it to Arsenal then. Yeah, uh, to be honest with you, the, the first team that came into my head was Crystal Palace. No, it was <laughs> it was Roy would do it. You know, he knows, in town. It would be. I actually think Jurgen Klopp's the best manager in the league beyond yes. Pep. So, uh, and he's won it before. So I think if if look if I've got the mafia on my ass, yeah, then I've got to I've got to go for I've got to go for Klopp. He's won it before. And £500 million is a lot of money. And I'll tell you what, if he doesn't do it, then he's getting it as well. Ironically, Chelsea are probably on the way to spending £500 million. Yeah, I wouldn't trust Chelsea for £500 million. They still wouldn't buy a striker. No, exactly. Um, either or, it's got a few to throw at you. We're into that section now. Cool, I love it. Yeah, you love it? Mm. Do you really love it? Yeah. Um, big ones came up. This, these are ones off social media. These, these aren't what I'm saying. Madison or Fernandez? Oh, it's Bruno. You took a little while there. No, but I think that... You took a little while no, to think. No, I, I, think, I think Madison will have a good season for Spurs. I still think he's a little bit overrated. He, but, looked, he was... I'll tell you what, if you, wanna, if you want... He was absolutely purring. If you want to look good as a midfielder at the start of the season, play against Manchester United, because the Wolves midfield, like Kuna in the middle, he was absolutely unbelievable. Basuma, Madison, they looked absolutely phenomenal. So if, if you just have a little game against Man United and your, your midfielder look absolutely stunning. Yeah, he was purring like a happy cat. Yeah. And, um, <laughs> and, uh, remember that Big Brother one when he's like, Would you like me to be the cat? Wasn't that George Galloway? Yeah. Apparently, Sports United. He's replied to some of my tweets in the past. Is that a good thing? I don't know. Um, yeah, yeah. Talking about animals, I was on my watch along last night. Yeah. Having a conversation about bears. You want to go there? Because I was watching along and you said that you were faster than a, than a brown bear. Well, I was until stats can be dangerous, but they can be actually life-saving. Right. And in this sense, I said I can run quicker than a brown bear because every time I've seen a brown bear, whether it's Yogi Bear, Paddington Bear, or those ones who hang around with Attenborough, they're always, when they're running, they go, so they always look knackered. But there's a stat that the fastest recorded bear can run 42 kilometers an hour. Right. So, uh, Forty-two kilometers. Yeah, full speed. Yeah, yeah. Speed. Well, because the big thing was if you were driving in your car, and it would still catch up to you, wouldn't it? Well, yeah. I sort of said that if I was in my car in a forty-mile-an-hour zone and I was driving at forty miles an hour, no quicker. Don't, mm. don't want to get you, a ticket. You, you got. You can get up to forty-four if you wanted to, but you, you're staying in that forty. Well, I might have to go to forty-four because I'd be driving away in my car. Mm. I'd wind the window down because I'm a bit of an ass. I'd stick my finger out to the bear who's chasing me thinking I'm all right. Mm. And then I'd bring my arm back and it wouldn't be there because it can run 42 miles an hour. So it'd bite my arm off. Yeah. Well, we were looking into the fastest players in the league. Uh, the, the, the top speed recorded from last season, Kyle Walker, 37.31 kilometers an hour. 
Well, I, I read different websites, different times, but I, I read Rudiger had run 36. the quickest at 36, but Carl Walker's obviously... We'll go with Carl Walker because he's a speed merchant. The terrifying thing about this is if a polar bear was playing at left back and Kyle Walker tried to take him on for pace, mm. 37 kilometers an hour, the fastest recorded polar bear is over 50. Yeah. So that'd be a bloodbath for Kyle Walker. It'd be, it'd be ravaged in front of... At least the crowd would be small at City. If it, if it's an away game, a lot of people are going to see that. Well, it says a greyhound here can get up to forty-five miles an hour. So a polar bear can—that's that, that, that's got to be wrong about the polar bear. No, uh, forty-five miles an hour. Oh yeah, yeah, kilometers. I'm talking about. But you imagine if a, if a greyhound, for some reason, gets vicious, and you know we have a sort of zombie attack of greyhounds, and they're running at forty-five. That's that's your friendly neighbourhood pet. If you're being chased by a polar bear, and you're walking your greyhound, yeah. Only your greyhound's getting her out, out alive. Yeah. And he won't be able to tell the story because they can't talk. Yeah. Uh, how, how can we tie that back to saving football there? If that, That's probably good. If you are out and about in the wild. If you're playing football in Greenland and yeah. you see a polar bear. Yeah. If it's, you've got, you've got to move fast. If it's within 10 metres of you, I would try and dig a hole yeah. and hide. Don't run. Don't they say just like go at the bear? I watched the TikTok the other day. This woman was like, she was like, on a walk, yeah. yeah on a, they have these bear alarms, right? Don't get them ripped. They basically they do something, right? Right, like a cat thing, like a high pitch. Because my mom had one for rats, but I could hear it. Oh, so right. she was saying that You're I, a rat. yeah, I could re- honestly really. It was like, and I could hear it. But mm-hmm. my head was going to explode. Um, anyway, should we move? So who who would be faster, Goldbridge or a bear? bear? You'd I'd still back myself, but well, you, you think you can get up to 42 miles an hour? It might have a bad leg. I've seen you play football. Um, one that was big at the weekend was Spurs or Bayern. That's one that I wanted. Harry Kane's gone to Bayern Munich. Big chat about trophies. Mm. But to bring it back, Spurs are purring. And Jadam cooking. They looked really good. Harry Kane missed out on the Super Cup. Who do you think will win a trophy first? Bayern Munich or Spurs? This is incredible. I mean, this is... The, the the comparison is is laughable, um, and that's why I'm going. Th- th- this is like saying who will win a World Cup first, Gareth Southgate or any other manager in world football. Does, right, you've got to stop the Gareth Southgate slander because well, he got it once today. No, but the man has given us some of the best memories of our lifetime. That's subjective. Yeah, well, we can. That's probably an episode in itself. Um, um, who, no, I mean, obviously, saying? Bayern Munich have already won a trophy this season, and they're going to win the Bundesliga for definite. So, Which trophy they won this season? Well, they, 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 oh no, they lost. Yeah, they, they, see, yeah. think about the, it. The Kane effect. Well, they're going to win the Bundesliga, and Spurs aren't going to win a trophy, so it will be Bayern Munich. Move on next. Well, if, it, if it's Jude Bellingham's ex-teammates who were slating him in the press, they probably think that they can do a better job without him this year, according to those reports. Then, if you saw them. They weren't happy with him. Too, too, too much shouting, too much demanding of him. Sounded Sounds like a winner to me. Yeah, exactly. Now he's at Madrid, two and two. I could talk for Jude Bellingham for days. Um, ties back into a little bit what we were chatting about was Villa or Brighton to break into the top four. We spoke a lot about Brighton today. I'm not going to get involved in this one. Cards on the table. I'm a Birmingham City fan, so I'm, I'm back in Brighton. But you, you live in the area. You know the fans. Um... I would I would say that Aston Villa started their season against Everton. They were this, they went missing um, on uh, Sunday. Apparently, apparently, there was a lot of uh, posters going up uh, uh, around the Newcastle area searching for, new, for, for, for Aston Villa football team. Where where were they? They yes. got absolutely 
destroyed. Um, they were brilliant against Everton. I think they're going to have a good season, but let's not underestimate Brighton and Hove Albion. Are they still called that? I think so, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I think I think Brighton have had an amazing start to the season. They're going to keep the core of their players now. Obviously, they've sold Casido. Um, I just can't see them dropping off, whereas Villa... Both teams have got to play Thursday night football. Nah, Brighton. Brighton have got more chance of breaking into the top. I don't think either of them will, but I'd go with Brighton. Brighton will finish higher than Villa. Well, it's just like, like Matome has already been touted as the next £100 million player as well. So what, 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 what a player. Exactly, what a player. Um, that was the either or's. If you want to get involved with us, drop it. We, we're going to start the Discord group up soon, so there'll be a chance to get involved with that. We'll kick off that very soon. So get your either or's in. But we wanted to finish on a few more of your saves Football, uh, one I wanted to start with, Mark, we're fast approaching to deadline day. Yeah. I want to make it sexy again. A few people talking about... They wear a dress. They've lost... Better make up. They've lost the love Please for... Please uh, I can do if you want me to. No. Um, they've lost the love for deadline day. Back in the day, Jim Too White, much. dildos in the air. We had it all. Now, Fabrizio and David Ordstein, fantastic reporters, but... It's like when an album used to leak, isn't it? You get it ahead of time and then release comes and you're like, oh, it's great, but I've already heard all 12 tracks. So how do we make it sexy again? Well, I think first and foremost, you've got to have deals done on deadline day that, you know, you've got to have Odin Wengi driving around the UK, pulling up at ground saying, please sign me. Yeah. And that, that, that's what it's all about. You know, you've got to have a, a Berbatov, you know, running through into the final hours of uh, whether he's going to sign from Spurs or Manchester United. Um, so I think you're always in the hands of, what clubs are trying to do still as we've said there's a lot of clubs that need to do stuff and maybe in those last couple of days opportunities will present themselves um but i suppose in many ways it's it's much the same it's a moving landscape isn't it you know jim white was sort of symbolic of that you know yeah. uh let him speak simon and um that was a rubbish jim white uh, crunching up cornflakes it's because i've got the headphones on that, i can't that's not so good I want to. I, I want to get, and I hate to give them praise, but you remember when um, Aston Villa signed Danny Ings, and mm. nobody knew about it, and then mm. it was just announced. If we can get back to those, you remember that tweet was doing around a couple of weeks ago. This guy said basically, imagine if it was everything just went down to the last day, all the business was done, and then like teams just had unveilings, and they'd be like, "We've signed," and then just a catwalker player comes out, and then you're like, oh, "That's what I think we should get to." I think you've hit the nail on the head, though. You know, we're not going to be able to save transfer window because. Football's moved on and these journalists, um, that they're getting the info and they're putting it out in seconds. Whereas Sky or whoever else, they've got to write the article, they've got to come back from an advert, like they've, the got to, they've, got, they've got to valid, 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 validate yeah, it. Yeah. Um, well, that's the thing with Sky Sports News, isn't it? Because Twitter is about two, three hours ahead. Yeah. And uh, unless it's all sports news, and, unless they've got their sources, which you know we've mentioned the two that are top of the tree when it comes to transfers, that that's not going to be broken. Apparently, that's what happened. with just I'm out. I'm out. Slow sports news. What, what's this you're trying to get me to see? Fabrizio Romano, he did that two weeks ago. Uh, Let me speak, Simon. Talk yeah. sport. It's these headphones. I can't hear the yeah, accent you can properly. Blame the headphones. I'm blaming but, the headphones. Um, one thing that you wanted to chat about, I know, was near and dear to your heart, was obviously a big win for Arsenal last yeah. night. But I know where we're going with this. Yeah, well, you, you jump on. Well, I, I logged onto Instagram this morning, and uh, one of the first things I saw was a fan outside the ground of that particular club, and I didn't have the audio, and I'm grateful to that. Um, 
And it's just this, an I don't know what he's saying, but it's just this animator jumping around with a microphone in front of him. And I, I can imagine what it's, it's like wrestling. And I know you're a big fan of wrestling, but they, they, we've jumped the shark on this. As somebody who is a fan entertainer extraordinaire, and as somebody who's dabbled in the fan cam arena and, lodge, you know, if I'm being blunt, absolutely hated it. It's just crap. I, I just think it, we need to save ourselves from this. Some things work and then you move on. And we're still having, I'm still logging onto social media and seeing some prat with a microphone, holding it in front of somebody. And having been in that arena, I'll tell you this for free. They want somebody to talk nonsense. Yeah. And and what, 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 I don't know what was said, but all I could see was someone jumping up and down going like this. You can't see what I'm doing here, but very animated. And I'm like, I imagine they're saying things like Enketier's better than Haaland and we're going to win the league by the end of September. And all those doubters who written us off and slagged off Declan Rice. Well, look at you now. Woo! Woo! We're going to win it all. And I'm like, yeah, most, most people actually think Declan Rice is a good player. You were second in the league last year and got a lot of respect. Most people think you will be second and challenging for the title again. Why am I looking at and having to listen to, if I can be asked to, some prat who just wants 10 seconds of fame where he's talking absolute shit. I don't, I don't think, as a fan creator, we need to go there. I want to take on the Nevilles and the Carragers and the Linekers and, yeah. and the Dermot Gallaghers in a credible way. And, you know, when, when Jamie Carragher says Casemiro's not doing well this season, I want to say, well, you've played the game, but he's the only guy in the Man United midfield and he's being overwhelmed. He's not, you know, unless he's got go-go gadget legs and arms, he can't be everywhere. Um, I want to have that conversation. I don't want to log on and see somebody that represents football fans in this country acting like a wish version of a WWE character, talking absolute crap. And they'll, and they'll have been pumping themselves up. I can imagine them smacking themselves around the face. Right, you're on, you're on, let's go. But you, you talk about animated and exaggerated. I mean, the first image that came into my head was you hid behind that chair after Liverpool losing 7-0 last season while you were thumping the ground like you were about to drop an RKO. But that's authentic. <laughs> yeah. That's I'm not, genuine. I'm not, I'm not saying it's not authentic. There's a time and a place. Yeah. I told, uh, you know, I said Michael Oliver's mum does his hair. Yeah. You know, <laughs> because just... he, he made me mad. Yeah. That's in-match, match reaction. Yeah. And that's genuine authenticism. This is, right, we're recording. And I'm just like, look, obviously a lot of people still enjoy it. For me, I'd rather we evolved and moved on. Um, yes. Shall we evolve and move? Just, I wanted to end with, a, saving football, obviously we probably sway towards the negatives because there's so much going wrong with it at the moment. Mm. We want to save it. But there was a very positive story that I wanted to end on. And sort of, and finally, uh, Norwich City at the weekend played a game. There was a fan called Westley gave out his prediction. I saw this, yeah. Saw this. Uh, got abuse online horribly. And then the football community's come together, showing the best of social media. Big shout out to Chris Reeve, who's a massive Norwich fan, and sorted this out. Uh, the guy was running a half marathon, and every, everyone's been raising money for, for his thing. So I think it started on £200, and he's just hit about £34,000. Incredible. So football community's got together turned a negative into a positive and I just think that can it's always get a bit you know a bit, a bit sentimental but that that is how the football community should work and, and the positive about it 100% I think that when things aren't right then we collectively have a voice that we can make a difference with and also in that case where it's basically bullying 
it's great to see people go, no, yeah. we're not going to stand for that. And, you know, going back to the refereeing thing, it'd be very easy for us to sit here and go, I don't like Liverpool. Ha ha. McAllister's got a, an injustice red card. Unlucky. But actually, no, for the betterment of the game that we love, that shouldn't be happening. And we also know next week it's probably going to happen to our club. So, you know what? Let's stand behind Liverpool fans on that decision. Let's stand behind Arsenal fans on that Tommy Asu thing. And let's get behind Manchester United about that handball, everybody. Come on. I love that. Um, Shall we head to your favourite section of the game, which is called Football Hangman? Yeah, I know people at home love this because you can play along as well. So we've got nine lives where I must try and deduce, not seduce, Will, on what player... It won't work if I try and seduce him. I've tried it before. Um, uh, what player he has in his head, I must get in nine clues. I can guess after every question I ask as well. Yeah, okay. I'm ready. Ready, go. Uh, um, Quick fire this time. Premier League player. Currently or... Current Premier League player. No. Oh, so he's definitely past Premier League player. David Ginola. Incorrect. Uh, has he won the Premier League? No. Does he play for Tottenham? No. Three gone already. I'm not very good at this game. Um, is it a man? No, I'm not going to do that. Um, but I've been saying he, that's why I'm not going to do it, and he's never pulled me up on it. So he's a prim- current. He's not a current Premier League player, and he's not won the Premier League. Yeah. Is he English? Yes. Logical. Logical. Um, current Premier No, not current Premier League. Blah, 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 blah. You uh, guess this as well. Matt Letitia. No. Is he a striker? Yes. Striker, not current, Premier League player, uh, England caps? Yes. Ooh. Emil Heskey. Correct. Getting six lives. Thank you very much. That's how you do football hangman. Well done. Fair play. I want, I'm not that bothered. <laughs> you don't seem it. Yeah. Nearly fell off your chair. Yeah. Congratulations. I think that's the first time... What someone's won it? We've done it no, you did weeks? it last week, but you got. A, I think you did it by oh, yeah. life eight. So you, you're doing it better. I'm set. I've set the record six lives. And if you did it better at home, get involved in the comments down below. Did you do it in five, four, three, two? What if you did it in one? Maybe come into the studio and we'll. One day we'll get it in one. Yeah. Hole in one. Um, should we wrap up there? Uh, we've saved a lot of football. If you want to get in touch, the community tabs where we're we're basing our hub at the moment, but we're starting a Discord to get you all in there and have a chat about how we can save football from referees, pundits, even your mates. So uh, I think we've done a bit of good to the world this year. Yes, and thank you everyone who's supporting the channel. Make sure you do it each week. It's on Spotify, iTunes. I think we're on Google Podcast now. Download it each week. Give it a listen each week. We've got episode one and two if you're brand new this week as well. Really appreciate your support. Tell your friends, your families. Don't tell your pets. And uh, don't tell any polar bears. They might beat you in a race and eat you. Bye. Bye. Bye.